If you enjoy our show, there's another show I think you'll really like. It's called Motherhood Sessions, and it's hosted by renowned reproductive psychiatrist Alexander Sachs. On every episode of Motherhood Sessions, Dr. Sachs sits down with women and couples for anonymous, therapy-like conversations to work through the joys and frustrations of being a mom. It's a show about parenthood, but it's also a show about identity, grief, genetics, and so much more. In the episode you're about to hear, Dr. Sachs sits down with a couple that hasn't had sex in more than two years. On the surface, it seems like the birth of their son was the main cause of their loss of intimacy. But as Dr. Sachs digs deeper, it turns out that the couple's sexual issues predate their child and have their roots in a more fundamental misunderstanding in the relationship. If you like this episode, you can hear all episodes of Motherhood Sessions on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, here's the show. When was the last time you had sex? I think it was like two years ago, which is crazy. All happened slowly. I, I mean, I don't know. How does two years pass without having sex? I don't know. It's been a long time, and it's like I want to find my way back to, to viewing myself as a person that is a sexual person. I don't even know where to begin with it. I don't even know how to initiate sex anymore. It just feels incomplete. You know, I feel incomplete. I feel like there's part, a big part of me that isn't being expressed. I feel like the sexual part of me is just doesn't exist anymore. This is Motherhood Sessions. I'm Dr. Alexandra Sachs. Today I'm talking with a couple we're calling Cassie and Ray. They're both artists, and they've been together for more than eight years. But three years ago, around the time Cassie got pregnant, their sex life came to a standstill. Now their son is two years old, and the problem has only gotten worse. Cassie and Ray live in California, but volunteered to fly to New York to speak with me. They said that they weren't comfortable leaving their toddler with a babysitter, so we decided to do our session in a hotel room in downtown Manhattan. While Ray was putting their son to bed, Cassie and I spoke one-on-one. She began by telling me about the sexual problems that pre-existed the baby. I could tell from early on that we had different sex drives, or, you know, we were just sexually different. And I just think in general I'm just a more physically open and more sexual person than he is. And I have a higher sex drive than he does. And um, it's never, I mean, before it wasn't a huge issue because we connect on so many different levels otherwise. And, you know, I mean, he's my best friend. He's the person I always just want to spend time with and do everything with. And so that I felt like, oh, this is something that we can work on and we can figure out together and meet in the middle. And, and I think we were for a while. I think what started to happen was I started to get a little bit sick of being the one who's always initiating, which right. is kind of how it started to feel. Yeah. So at first it was like, oh, this is fine. Mm-hmm. I can do this. But it never really shifted over to him being the one who wanted yeah. to initiate more. So then it's sort of hard because then it's like, oh, well, does he really desire me like right. I desire him? Or, right. you know, what, even though I know he does, but it's, it, you know, it's like over time that just Right. Builds up. So that was there at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And what was what was sex like when you had sex? Did you think, huh, this is maybe not the best sex I've ever had? Did you <laughs> like when you said meet in the middle? I mean, 
what what was it like early on with your husband? Well, he is physically kind of guarded. He's mm-hmm. kind of guarded about his body, his physical self. He's just um, I guess I have more experience sexually than he does. And so, and I feel like I'm very open and I kind of like am really in the moment about it and I go with the flow and like I'm not stuck in my head about what's going on and like stressed out about it. For me, sex is a really great release. I guess I I have this idea that when you're really connected and it's like this really intuitive thing and it's just going really well, it's that you don't have to talk about it. You don't have to say like, mm-hmm. oh, can you do this or can you do that? Because it just kind of happens and it's more nonverbal because I know something that's come up with us is that he feels like I judge him or like get critical with him about how he is sexually. So I, I think the when it has worked well is, you know, he didn't get that from me. When you say you give your husband feedback sometimes in bed, what are you asking for? Well, it, I guess there's times, like I was saying before, you know, where I don't always want to be the one to be leading and doing what I know to do to have an orgasm. It's like sometimes I just want to lay back and, you know, like have him do all the work. What's the feeling? He's passive. He's disengaged. You're wondering where he is. You're yeah. wondering. Tell me. Well, yeah, sometimes I do wonder where he is a little bit. And he, I mean, he already knows this too. You know, it's like he does get caught in his head a lot. So that, yeah, like if he, if I feel like he's kind of disengaged or something, mm-hmm. or I think what what would happen is that there would be, like he could sense me getting frustrated because I could sense that he wasn't really present or whatever, or, you know, or like not connecting with me. And so then I would start to get kind of frustrated and then he would sense that and pull away even more. And so then it's like, he can't, he can't be sexually aroused if you feel like you're being critiqued right. or whatever. So when someone would give up, what does that look like? Was that him losing an erection? What, like, what does that look like? Someone gives up. Yeah. Losing his erection or, um, just, I don't know, like, just getting frustrated and, yeah, just being like, oh, I'm just not really in the mood. How did it make you feel when he would get up from bed and say, I'm not in the mood? Oh, well, yeah, it, it doesn't feel good. It, then it feels like, oh, he doesn't desire me or, you know, like, I did something wrong. And I, you know, like, is, is this my fault? Could I, did I ruin it? Or then I would also get kind of angry. Like, why aren't you trying harder? Or why don't you want this like I want this? So are you afraid of initiating sex now because you're worried about that that cycle repeating? Yeah. I know that I need to just ease up because he does he does a lot and he's a really great father and husband. And um I know he's emotionally really sensitive. So I know that it builds up with him and it's just like, you know, it's a lot to have to put up with somebody who's just like nagging you and like constantly making you feel like you're not doing things right. And that sucks. (laughs) I don't want to live with somebody like that. Around 10 o'clock at night, Cassie and Ray's son was finally asleep. So Ray was able to join the conversation. He echoed Cassie's concerns about sex, 
and added that they were avoiding other forms of affection as well. Even the act of, I guess, orgasm is not, to me, it's not the goal of, of sex. Even I would consider just lying together and holding each other as a pretty good place to start things off, you know, mm. and maybe that is and see the where it goes. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't go beyond that for a while. I don't know. Or maybe it does, but yeah. um, I'm definitely ready to move towards that. Cause I know every time I'm touched now by her, we don't, doesn't seem like we, we touch each other too spontaneously. It always feels so good. You know, but it's not, I don't know, it's just not something that we do so much. You miss it. Yeah. What do you think is preventing you from rolling over and cuddling with her? That's, I don't know. I I think it has to do with criticism and maybe if I'm doing the wrong thing or if I'm understanding something or you may not like something that we're doing and you may just be simply telling me that and then I understand it to be a kind of fundamental criticism of how I am physically or something or or physically doing something or whatever. Uh, sometimes I think that I'm fundamentally misunderstanding something about our relationship and then it becomes easier not to face those things than it is to get back in there and face those things, you know? So it sounds like there's a threat of disrupting your kind of balance and calm right now because what if there is one of those frustrating experiences and it throws off the balance of the other things that are going well? Yeah, I think that's... But is it, isn't that better than not having sex yes. at all? Yes, yes, <laughs> it is. I mean, it's... It's not rational, I don't think, or it's too rational. There's something that's like either that approach is either too rational for this or it's it's a not a rational. But I think I think you're actually in agreement on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think you're in agreement on the fact that you guys are physically have very different temperaments. It sounds like he's guarded because he's scared of being doing it wrong and he he wants to be as free as you he wants to quote do it right but it he doesn't quite know how to do it as organically as you do and you are a person who finds it your body to be an organic place to sort of express yourself and express emotion and release emotion and get out of your head and that sex is a place that you gravitate towards to do that. When you can allow yourself to let go and take the lead and, you know, celebrate the erotic energy that you bring to the relationship, that that gives him the chance. And when you can focus on yourself, maybe, and your own sensation, which is really a about being present, right? Being Just being in your body, not in your head, mm-hmm. and not focus on him as much and what he's doing right or doing wrong, then that is what gives him the chance to follow your lead and to also learn how to 
be more connected to his own body and share more spontaneity and abandon, which is exactly what you want him to learn how to do as your sexual partner. That's what I was thinking earlier from what we were just talking about, like her criticism, I may be understanding as like this criticism that totally, you know, is, you know, it's very hard for me to take because I'm in this position, you know, where whatever, but to her, it just might be like, oh, can you try something else? You know, as a, and for me, it carries a lot of weight because we're inhabiting two different body views or something, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And so I think just even understanding that, like, and thinking of it in those terms that I mean, she's inhabiting one type of body and I'm in yeah, another. Yeah, but I also think, you know... I think you guys can handle it for me to also say it is a criticism. Like you have been fallen in love with a very passionate woman. Right. You didn't have to. You could have chosen someone who wasn't so sexual. But you fell in love with someone who is. Well, the the thing that's coming to mind too for me is that, I mean, I wasn't, like always like this. It's not like I was just born this way, but I mean, it wasn't until I was in college and like making a decision, like I want to be more open about this and I am interested in my body and I want to be more present in my body. And so I've been working on it for years. I mean, since my early twenties, even just that translation, like what you and I were talking about and it's been coming up, like it's not a criticism. It's a or then we said it kind of is a criticism, but it's both. You know, it's both. But um, just that it's it it's is me trying to help. Yeah, it's a communication. It is me trying to help. It is me trying to communicate. And we've talked about that too, um, and it has a, has a lot to do with how I I take criticism, I think, and how I understand what's being critical and what I should just learn from. Uh, a lot of times. You know, great sex is something that you have to practice over and over again. Or, you you know, sometimes it happens because sparks fly and there's chemistry and there's a lot of that. Um, but I think things have to be learned as well. Welcome back. Now that Cassie Ray and I have talked about the sexual issues that pre-existed the birth of their son, I wanted to ask about other difficulties that have come up since they became parents. Well, I think just all of the the little things that were already there before he came along have just escalated. And then that coupled with the fact that we don't have time, (laughs) the same kind of time that we did. I think it just kind of... We just kind of boiled things down to its essentials of like seeing that our relationship now as a way to create an environment to raise our son, you know, and that's more like these are the things that I need to take care of in order to keep the family going. And and these are the things you need to take care of, like, and we kind of each fell into these roles of almost like worker type roles, which didn't, it, it allowed for running things, but it didn't allow, doesn't allow for um, 
for like holding hands or like or that more intimate, you know, yeah, like kissing or. But wait a minute. Is, How does it not allow for holding hands or kissing? I don't know. I mean, because <laughs> I think I think uh, it's hard to, for me to explain. It's hard for me. No, to I think you're explaining words. it actually quite well now. Like with a coworker in the workplace, there's you would respect someone's space. You wouldn't violate their space. Maybe so. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Also, for a while, I was sleeping in the same room as our son, and my husband was sleeping in the other room. And then, at um, what age? Yeah, it was like 15 months or 18 months or something. Can you tell me about the decision to co-sleep and the decision to sleep in your son's room with him? Well, the the co-sleeping thing just kind of came about by accident, just nursing in the night. And how long did you nurse? I'm still nursing. You're still nursing. (laughs) Yeah, but not as much because my supply is pretty much gone. It's hardly hardly anything. What are your um, thoughts about weaning? Oh, I don't want to do it. Why? Well, I just don't, I, I don't know, because I just feel like he's, it's so ridiculous when I say it out loud. I don't know, like, he's going to be offended by it or something, right? And I don't want to have to do it. I hate having to say no to him. I mean, we only do it, like, twice a day now, so I, I just think, you know, we'll just, it'll just peter out, and my supply is pretty much gone anyway, so. Can you tell me what you mean by offended? Well, I don't know, like, he'll... Because it's a way that we snuggle and bond, and so, like, he would feel rejected, I guess, is a better word than offended. But I think it's this question about when you guys as parents will be more comfortable with this evolving experience of having separation from your child. You know, it took took a long time to for you guys to get back together in the same bedroom because you were with sleeping with the baby and, you know— but, like, did any part of you for this trip to New York imagine that it would be fun to do it without the baby? No. No. I, yeah. You're not at that point yet in, no. like, your mm-hmm. – But it – you know, what is the real risk in this gradual process of separating from your son? Is it is it really harmful to him? I mean, child development would say no. Child development would say that he'll learn how to – be more independent if he has, you know, the feeling that his parents are there and things are safe, but that they also trust him to 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 grow. And so they're not hovering and saying, "Are you going to fall? Are you going to fall? Are you okay without me?" You know, he's gonna he's gonna feel build his own sense of confidence. You know, and and you need to have some time alone in order to have sex. And so the question is, how are you going to sort of set that up without being so afraid of creating a safe situation where the baby is separate so that you guys can be together. Mm-hmm. It's time. We wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have flown across the country to talk to me if it weren't time. You know that, you know, two years of without intimacy is too long and that your baby is, you know, learning how to eat on his own and sleep on his own and it's scary for both of you, I think, to have this, these, these experiences of separation from him. But you have to trust that you'll see if he's struggling with it. If he's not thriving on, you know, in, in his independence, you'll find out and you'll be able to respond. But when he's thriving in his independence, 
you guys got to use that opportunity to have your so recreate our your your private yeah. couple that is in a triangle. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, everything is about him. I think with that, we need to see each other outside of our roles too, um, which is something that I struggle with as well. On top of all the other struggles, like seeing myself not as yeah, the worker bee, but as myself, the human being, you know, or see you not as mama, but as, <laughs> and me not as a dad, but as, you know. But can you, can you maybe, you it may be helpful to share some memories of, of who she was to you before mama. Yes. When yeah. you say, I want to think of you other than mama. How do you want to think of her? And I think it would be helpful for her to hear how you do think of her in this other way. Right. Um, There's this picture that I have of you, like just looking over these things that you had made, like these images, this collage that just kind of embodied like a lot of things there a lot of Um, things that attracted you to her yeah definitely just the seriousness and and, uh, quiet uh, fascination that you allowed yourself to feel for whatever you were involved with right at that moment you know that's just yeah I, I could show you the picture but it's um you would just see your face like looking at something, but I see a many, many other things. There's something else that this is helping me remember is that I'm I feel very lucky to have you in my life. And you know, that we are yeah. able to talk about this stuff and be so open with each other and just the, the depth of our relationship. I'm a lucky woman. Yeah. You both are lucky. You're lucky and you're different. <laughs> yeah. And and you're very much in love with each other and you just have to keep teaching each other about how you each walk around in the world in order to help each other enhance the other's lives and enhance your shared experiences together. You know, so right. you guys, the bedrock of your intimacy is, is very strong and, and I think this sexual connection will find its way back on its own but I think really the work the, the work that you, you need to you need to start doing with a lot of intentionality is practicing making space private space for two of you that's separate from your son and testing it out and getting reassurance from his cues that he's okay he's okay with a little more separation Motherhood Sessions is a production of Gimlet Media and Spotify. It's produced by Peter Bresnan and Kimmy Regler. Our editors are Devin Taylor and Nazanin Rafsanjani. Music and mixing by Emma Munger. We'll have a brand new episode next week. <laughs>